Welcome to Therapy in the Wild. I'm your host, Heather Pincelli. I'm a mom of three chaos creators, aka kids, and a licensed therapist. Don't let the cool title and fancy letters behind my name fool you. I am as real, raw, and unfiltered as they come, both in my personal life and in my therapy office. Strap in and strap on for some brutally honest conversations where no topic is off limits, where we play, laugh, and bring fun to the forefront. Let's get started. The most dangerous manipulator, narcissist, gaslighter, sociopath, psychopath, is the one who goes to therapy. And by dangerous, I mean good, like next level, genius level, professional, will absolutely F your world up good. So often I hear people say, I want someone who's done therapy. I get it. I've done that myself. That has absolutely been on my list. Like, ooh, they've done therapy. Boom, good to go. Check. Except let me tell you, Therapy in and of itself means nothing. Therapy in and of itself means nothing. In fact, for many of these cons, these gaslighters, manipulators, narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, it's actually just equipping them with more tools to use against you in their professional craft. Because for many of these people, that's what this is. They're professional at it. It is a craft. They have got it down to a science. And for many of them, therapy helps to increase their effectiveness, the tools to use against people so that they are better at their craft. For many Therapy is increasing their emotional language so that they can look and sound the part, but not actually embody the part. And there's a difference. There is a difference between looking and sounding the part and embodying the part. And if you slow down and you pay attention, you take the rose-colored goggles off, you will be able to see and tell and feel the difference between someone who has just gone to therapy and checked the box, who looks and sounds the part, but doesn't actually embody the part. So keep in mind that part of the MO for these cons is to keep you confused, questioning yourself, questioning reality. Notice what is coming up in your body Do you feel like you can't see straight? Do you feel like you're confused? Do you feel like you can't make heads or tails of what in the hell is going on? Maybe you are finding yourself anxious, having panic attacks, noticing like, whoa, what's going on? I don't normally have these things come up for me. I'm not normally an anxious person. I don't normally have panic attacks. Maybe you do run anxious or you have panic attacks, but you notice that they are increasing in frequency or that there are additional symptoms coming up that aren't typically there. Our bodies 
your body is always trying to give you clues. Your body will know something is not adding up, something doesn't feel right. Your body is giving off the warning signals well before your rational reptilian brain clues in. So your body is trying to tell you it's just a matter of slowing down, listening to what your body is telling you, which means trusting yourself. Trusting that when you go, whoa, what is happening in my body? Like, what is going on? I am having panic attacks. Allowing yourself to trust that something is not right. Your body is trying to tell you. And can you slow down so that you can remove the glasses, get yourself out of the chaos and the confusion and gain clarity as to what in the for real hell is going on. So as a therapist, I see clients day in and day out. And there are more clients than I care to count in any given week that are coming in, just checking the box. Look at me, I'm going to therapy. Look at me, I'm going to therapy. They're not actually integrating the work. They're not implementing in their day-to-day life the things they're learning, the tools they're learning. They're just becoming like really great knowledge banks. They have all this knowledge now that can really be weaponized, which is super unfortunate. Myself, I'm guilty of this. And earlier in my life, I would go to therapy and just kind of check the box. I wasn't implementing the things that I needed to implement to have true change. I just was checking the box. Look at me. I'm going to therapy. I didn't realize in the moment that I wasn't implementing it. But I was not implementing it. I was checking a box. And I see that in my practice day in and day out. So let's make you kind of a counselor interns, if you will, for a moment. So typically what happens when you meet someone, especially as you start entertaining, like maybe getting exclusive or your, you know, endorphins are going crazy and you're like, oh, is this the one? And, and I want to see him again and I miss him and right all the things that happen when you meet someone new. And typically then at some point you turn to the internet or your friends to try to decipher and analyze someone's behavior, right? You start Googling things like, What are the signs and symptoms of narcissism or gaslighting or manipulation? Or how do I know if someone's leading a double life? Or how can I tell if someone's cheating, right? You start searching up answers to to decipher and analyze the behavior of somebody. Which first, if you're not aware, that's a red flag. If you don't already recognize that, that is a red flag. Let me hand it to you. Let me tell you that. The moment you start turning to your friends and the internet to get clarity and decipher behavior that's not feeling good, that's your red flag. Just walk away. Because here's the thing. When we search this stuff up, the the thing we often do is we grab hold of what's what we want to grab hold of, right? And so The problem with these cons, with these people who play this behavior out, is there will absolutely be times that they are consistent, that their words and their actions match. Their actions match their words and their words match their actions. 
The thing that you need to pay attention to is more often than not, it's inconsistent. So maybe they have periods of time where their behavior is mildly consistent, but more often than not, their norm is inconsistency, unpredictability. And then normally something triggers where they're like, ooh, I better get my shit together and keep it, keep it locked down and like my words and actions better match for a minute because I'm starting to lose this one, right? And so when you're, when you're searching, again, that's your body. Something's happening that you're registering. Something doesn't feel right. And now you're trying to logic your way through it. That's your first red flag. Turn around and walk away. So then what happens is you read a whole bunch of stuff about the science of manipulation, gaslighters, narcissists, and you grab hold of the ones that do not apply. You read all the signs. Like, well, there's 12 points here and nine of them isn't what they do. And you take it really black and white. So in the therapy world, we have something called a DSM, a Diagnostic and Statistical Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. The DSM is a pretty gigantic book, actually. It's not small, it's really huge. And it has every mental disorder. When you go to therapy, if especially if you're using insurance, we as therapists are required to give you a diagnosis. We cannot bill insurance without a diagnosis code. And so we turn to the DSM manual to see what diagnosis fits you best. And when we are going through the signs, the symptoms, the characteristics, the behaviors of, let's say, anxiety, depression, narcissism, gaslighting, sociopath, psychopath, antipersonality disorder, borderline personality disorder. Even in the DSM, it doesn't say, and nor is it expected, that you, a person, meets those 100% of the time. The threshold is often, more often than not, consistently. It's not 100% of the time. It's like, have you had, let's say, 12 episodes of nightmares in the past 60 days? You would qualify for PTSD. That's an example, and it's not, it's not actually factual. It's just an overarching example. Are you having night sweats, panic attacks? You might qualify for anxiety diagnosis, right? And so even as therapists on a clinical level, the DSM manual that is literally responsible for determining a diagnosis code, do you meet the threshold to be diagnosed borderline personality disorder, major depressive disorder? It's not that you meet it 100% of the time. It's that you have enough characteristics of that diagnosis that you meet more often than not or consistently. And what happens is we humans that turn to the internet search up things and we take hold of what works. And so I'll give you some examples. I actually pulled up an example of what would come up if you searched up 
signs and symptoms of manipulation or manipulative behavior. And this is from verywellhelp.com. What is manipulative behavior? What are some of the signs associated with it, right? I'm going to give them to you. Examples, lying, denying, passive aggressive behavior, gaslighting, silent treatment, criticizing, withholding, blaming, getting a person outside of their comfort zone to give themselves an advantage, causing doubt and confusion, concealing their true intentions, blame shifting, avoiding responsibility for their behavior, not having to change their behavior, making a person feel like they're playing mind games because it can cause a person to question what is happening in their relationship and environment, fear and doubt, degrading trust and self in others. It goes on to further explain that it helps the manipulator gain power over an individual and undermine their ability to think rationally. So often, someone might search this up, find these signs, symptoms, and then they minimize them. They downplay them. They might read, you know, for example, that, um, that they criticize. That, that one of the symptoms was criticism or passive aggressive behavior. And they might go, well, oh, yeah, he or she is not doing that. They don't, they're not passive aggressive. Yeah, they don't give me silent treatment. In fact, they talk so freaking much that they downplay the other bullet points, the other signs and symptoms that this person absolutely does meet. Or maybe you're going, oh, well, that's just every so often that they you know, have passive aggressive behavior in part because perhaps you're not even recognizing that it's passive aggressive, right? We have a tendency to grab hold of this doesn't fit them completely and therefore we kind of disregard and dismiss all of it. All right, I wanna give you another one. This one is from cafemom.com. And it's 10 scary signs your man is living a secret life. And this particular article is written by um, Donna Anderson. Okay. Your gut is telling you something is wrong. Hmm. Remember, we talked about this embodying it. Your body is going to tell you well before your rational brain recognizes it. They disappear or travel a lot. Obviously, if someone has a job that they're traveling a lot, that's a little different. But even then, there are some professions that make it real good for someone to live a multiple life and get away with all this, right? An example I can give you is one of the cover stories I heard in my own personal life when I encountered this on a personal level is was camping. They would often say, I'm going camping. So that, again, notice this was he disappears, he or she disappears or travels a lot. They would go camping a lot. And that turned out to be their cover story for being able to go meet their other partners and vice versa. Because you would go off grid and camping, you don't have internet service most of the time. 
Okay. He, he or she has unreasonable boundaries. Example, they will not introduce you to friends or family. They don't allow you to visit their hometown. Maybe they don't have social media or they have it, but you're not allowed to be part of it or it's under a fake name. They don't leave you alone in their home. You can't have passcodes to their Netflix, for instance. Maybe you're, you're there and you're trying to get on and they're like, oh, I'll handle it. And here's the thing, I'll share something with you. So this particular boundary, when I found out that a person I was involved with was literally leading multiple lives and had partners that had been involved in this web of deceit for four, five, and six years, those women had never, ever, ever met any of this man's family or friends ever in all those years. They did not know that this person had a Facebook account. They had no idea this person had a Facebook account under a fake name. They didn't know he had kids that was one of which was born while they were with him. Mm -hmm. And for me, had I not been allowed to meet this person's friends or family, I absolutely would have recognized that as like a what? And so when you're reading these, keep in mind, there might be some of which are true or partially true or false or partially false. And yet is the totality, does the greater picture say, hey, this person actually meets this more often than not, more consistently than not? Are there things that are absolutely all adding up? Can you slow down and allow yourself to see this? They won't answer direct questions. Maybe you find yourself saying, I have to ask you the exact question with no no gray area or else I get a half-truth answer. Maybe you're noticing, like, I absolutely have to ask you, have you ever at all lived with anyone, even for a week? Do you have any friends that I don't know exist, right? Like, is there anything you're not telling me that you have to ask a very, very specific direct question? And often they're still going to lie to you, but when they do give moments of truth, you're realizing like, I have to ask a really specific direct question. And then often when I do, I get very private, secretive or minimal answers. They lie. They lie. And of course, they're not going to tell you they lie. But if you listen, you will catch it. If you allow yourself to slow down and listen. They exhibit confusing sexual patterns. They blurt out the truth. This is actually one of my favorites. Remember, slow down, listen, take off the glasses. Cons, gaslighters, manipulators, psychopaths, sociopaths, whatever you want to call them, whatever label you want to give them, they actually do blurt the truth out. And then they quickly try to like cover it up. But they actually do blurt out truth. Some of the truth I have heard 
is blurting out things like, I'm a cheater. I'm always going to be a cheater. Uh, if someone says that to you, please fucking listen, right? They're telling you in a moment of blurting out truth. Other truth I've heard is, I don't know how to be faithful. Or I'm a pathological liar. They often will actually blurt out the truth. Now, those are extreme examples. Some some non-extreme examples are like, let's say they said they went out of town to, I don't know, Florida. And then a couple months later, you're listening and they're like, oh, yeah, when I was in Colorado. And you're like, no, you were in Florida, right? And so because it's hard to keep stories straight. And so what you will also notice is they often don't offer up a lot of details because the more details they offer up, the more they have to remember their truth and that's more they have to cover up. They keep secrets. They have secret email, secret credit cards, secret um, Facebook accounts. The secrets, the small secrets, cover up bigger ones. They have data confusion. They might say things like, oh, when we went to the Oregon coast and you're like, we've never gone to the Oregon coast. Yeah. And then they come up with a story to try to get you to back down and, oh, well, I mean, we're going to go to the Oregon coast or that was before you. You're right. I got that confused. Your friends and family don't like them. There, something seems weird about them. Listen to what your friends and family say. And more importantly than that, listen to what you're saying. You may not be using the words with yourself, but in some way, shape, or form, you are absolutely giving yourself the language. You might be saying things like, they're so secretive. They're so private. Things don't add up. Maybe you are able to predict and say to yourself, oh, if I call them forward on this lie that I just caught them in, they are going to try to turn it around on me. And when that doesn't work, they're going to hang up or block me for a couple hours or they are going to yell at me and, and call me names or tell me how I'm not listening to them, right? You often already are using the actual language of what's happening. You're just not listening to yourself. So how do you protect yourself? Because here's the unfortunate reality. This shit is so common in life these days. Uh, it just is. There's no getting around it. I, I don't want to paint the picture that it's everybody because it's not. But there is an alarming increase in this behavior. And there's a lot of reasons of why. It doesn't, doesn't matter. What matters is that it's here. And, and it really has always been part of humanism. Um, we're just seeing and hearing a lot more about it these days. And so how do you protect yourself, right? How do you not fall for the trap, their bait, their tactics? The first is be very self-aware and trust yourself. Get real honest with yourself. I mean, my friends, like brutally fucking honest about what your pattern is, what type of men or women do you typically date? Do an inventory, look back. What are the similarities, the patterns that you play into? When you are aware, when you have that self-awareness, 
you can spot the patterns, the similarities, the dynamics sooner. You can spot them with more clarity. And then be an absolute no to those things, right? The moment you see the patterns that you have been choosing and playing out, the moment you see those, stop making excuses, stop minimizing, stop justifying, stop trying to freaking fix them. They're not a project. And just be out. Say no. Say no quicker. Be out. Know your standards. Really know your standards. Be incredibly clear of what is yes behavior for you and what is no thank you behavior for you. What are your expectations? And then hold to them. So know your expectations and hold to them. Don't be talked out of them. Don't be told you're too much. Screw that noise. If you are done, truly done, repeating the same patterns and behaviors and dynamics out over and over and over again, if you are ready to retire that position in your life, those roles in your life, then you absolutely have to be willing to stop engaging in that pattern and choose a new way. Choose a new way to create a new pattern. To have something different than what you've always had in the past, you have to be willing to do something different than what you've always done. So an example I can give you is I recently said to a male in my life that I love dearly, and he is extremely important in my life. And I said to him, I have dealt with men like you my entire life. That was it. End quote. I have dealt with men like you my entire life. And I meant it. It wasn't a stab or an insult to him. It had nothing to do with him, really, even. It was me. It's my truth. I was recognizing a pattern happening with that particular male that I was not willing to play out anymore. I was not willing to be part of that pattern anymore for any reason with anyone. And so when I delivered that statement, it was delivering like my own expectations, my own boundaries and what I will and will not tolerate and what would happen if that continued, right? Boundaries, expectations. In order to know your truth though, you have to know what pattern you're playing out, which means get clear, real clear, and real honest with yourself about what your history is, what your patterns are. What are the things you tend to play out with partners, friends? Get really clear. How do they look? How do they feel? I would encourage you to write them down so that when you start to find yourself in the confusion or uncertainty, you can go back and look at your written list so that it's really clear and say to yourself, ooh, yep, playing this out again. What do I want to do about it? So get clear. Get to know and be really clear about your standards and your patterns and then make the conscious decision to change the way you're playing those patterns out. Notice when you are 
again, write it down so that when you are finding yourself searching up something on the internet or going to a girlfriend or a male friend and you're like, ah, I'm confused and I don't know and I'm unclear. And you're noticing your body giving you signs and signals, you can refer back and ask yourself really honestly, am I playing out this pattern again? And I encourage you that when you notice that you're playing out the pattern again, be a no, be a no real quick, say no sooner. When we say no to the things that aren't ultimately what we want in our life, we leave the space for the things that are a yes. You are not gonna get your yes if you are letting no's occupy your time, energy, and space. So I encourage you when you notice that you're playing out this dynamic, be a no sooner. Say no thank you sooner. Leave that shit sooner. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. I hope you found this helpful. As a reminder, I drop a new podcast episode every Monday that you can find on all major podcast platforms. I also post the video version of this to YouTube. I would love if you would give it a like, subscribe, comment, all the things. Thanks and have a good week.